0: I'm sports journalist Sam Squires. Welcome to On Her Game. When you first meet Sam Wallace, it's hard not to be swept up by her infectious, happy and fun-loving presence. She's the star shooter of the New South Wales Swifts, competing in the SunCorp Super Netball series and represents Trinidad and Tobago internationally. It was a very different life she had growing up in Trinidad to the international athlete she is now, though. A talented sportswoman, she was representing her country at just 14 years old and admits she had plenty of sass to boot. It was a chance meeting which led her to play college basketball in the US, but dreams of competing in the WNBA were put on hold and before long she was playing netball in England before arriving in Australia. But along with the smiles, laughs and some very cool dance moves, there's been plenty of heartbreak as well watching her father suffer two devastating strokes before sadly passing away days after the Swiss won the Super Netball Championship, rocked her to her core and saw her questioning everything. Sam's story starts, though, as a very sassy young girl growing up in Trinidad.
1: I grew up in a country town called Toko. That's really country, Mm -hmm. the beaches and stuff. Yeah, I'm a country girl to heart. Playing outside on the grass, always playing with boys. You're always playing with boys. <laughs> yeah, because I have two brothers. Yeah. Um, one older, one younger. So, yeah, definitely always with the boys, never with the girls. I hardly have girlfriends. Wow. Which is not good, but yeah. So, always with the guys.
0: Was that because um, you were quite athletic when you were little? You are always into sport and stuff? Were they into sport?
1: I think my height tells it all. I was always <laughs> taller than everyone in school. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Even but the boys? yeah, I played. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was skinny and tall. Imagine this tall, skinny thing. Always playing like basketball, football, cricket, anything, netball. I just never limit, limit myself.
0: Take me back to Toko. Like, explain to me, set the scene for me as you as a little girl. <laughs> what mm. was what was your town like? What was the scenery like? The smells, everything?
1: <laughs> I can say the smell is only beaches. Yay. Um, it's basically just country, more Fruits on, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I never knew about the city life, basically. I always, mm-hmm. a country is more cruel and provision, like food, mm-hmm. supervision, yam. Y'all may not know what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, we actually, peppers, peas, we actually planted our own tomatoes, lettuce, and stuff, fig, green fig planting. I don't know if you guys know about it. No. But yeah, all those stuff. I never knew about the KFC. And the McDonald's <laughs> and all those kind of sort. Um, it's really calm and cool, like not noisy. Mm. Every one day it's like a family. You can leave your door open without roaring if a bandit gonna come in your house. Each one, like your neighbors, have your back.
0: Was it always netball for you? Did, what was it?
1: It was volleyball, track and field, basketball, netball, and sometimes football because I just tend to like to miss school. So <laughs> I play. Every sports I can just to get a break from school. So yeah, just play any kind of sports, to be honest. I love volleyball. Mm -hmm. At the age of 14, I was able to stay on a dorm with those ladies who attend university while I was still attending high school. So I was training and everything with them. But the only difference is I wasn't getting stipend with them and stuff. But that's the way I could be around those bigger girls who are older than me, 20, 21, I'm 14. Yeah. I'm a baby. In a uni in the, dorm? On a dorm,
0: yeah. Wow, I've lived on a uni dorm. I don't no know whether parents.
1: that's a place <laughs> for a 14-year-old. It's always like that over Wanna there. You see, I was always more mature. I'm bigger for my age. Yeah. I was always in grown people folks stuff, business, like. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, so I was more like responsible. Yeah. I was not a typical 14-year-old. And growing up,
0: did you have any sporting idols? Who did you look up to?
1: Growing up. It's hard though because in Trinidad, like even out here, I never knew about these big guns until I actually reached like 14 years of mm. age. So I wouldn't had I would never never had a role model like Peggy Castaneda. That is my netball coach. She took me under her wings since I was like six years old, mm. growing up, and she's still basically my mentor. I can go to her about anything. But as I'm jumping the gun here, mm. um, I really look up to a Jiva Mentor. Yeah. I don't know why, she's a (laughs) goalkeeper and I'm a goal shooter, but I just love that lady. Collingwood captain
0: now, yep. Yeah. Did you first know about her when you were in
1: Super Netball? Actually, no, I saw her playing on YouTube (laughs) before my first World Cup in 2015 Mm -hmm. here in Sydney. I was like, oh my gosh, am I really gonna play against this girl? <laughs> like, you know, the little butterfly, this little this is my idol. But yeah, always Is she England captain then? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But we didn't get to play against her, which yeah. was good. But Would you a fan if you were always and yeah. I'm probably still, still she do. probably don't even know. But <laughs> I respect cool. her so much. Even when I'm playing against her, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm really playing against her. But yet still I wanna play my best game against sure. her. So it's good. And you don't reckon she would have any idea. I don't think she knows. <laughs> she well, does she would smell. know after no? <gasps> <laughs> that's really cool. Oh my God, this is embarrassing. Uh,
0: well, I'm gonna get to 2015 because it's a big year for you. Yeah. But I want to go back to Toko. Yeah. Um, family. It's family. You talk about that being in your town being really
1: important. Obviously,
0: yeah. how important was that? And how important is your family?
1: My family is everything, to be honest. As I said, I have two brothers. Um, the little one, not so much into sports, but the big one, he plays indoor beach volleyball for Trinidad and Tobago and also indoor volleyball and beach volleyball for Trinidad and Tobago. Wow, So cool. quite electric family. My dad used to play football. My mom used to play netball when she was pregnant with me. So I guess this is <laughs> how I... Come out like this, I guess, because she's from Grenada. She's not from Trinidad, unfortunately. Mm. Different country. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, my family is everything to me. Without them, I don't think I'll be here. Is there something in Trinidad,
0: like it might be culturally, it might be something that you'd eat, that you just wish that you could insert into Australia at Definitely.
1: All? That's <laughs> no-brainer. <laughs> um, yeah, I just love my grown food, like my provision. Mm-hmm. It's really heavy, though, I mm-hmm. must say. Like cassava, dumpling, roti, curry. It's have curry here. Mm-hmm. But it's just not the same like a Trinidadian curry. Right. Sorry, guys. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our people in Caribbean could cook. Is this different? I don't know. How to explain it, yeah, yeah, what is
0: it? Is it you grow your own food? and Yeah, you obviously. grow your own
1: food. But just the way we cook is really different from how people actually cook out here. Even like my housemate now, the way I season my chicken and touch my chicken. They be like, you, why are you touching the chicken? And I'm like, you're going to lime it first, take all the freshness out of it before you cook it. And they be like, all of that. I was like, you know what? Just watch and learn. Oh my gosh. I want to come to your house
0: with you now. That's <laughs> awesome.
1: So how did netball come into your life? As I said, I played netball at the age of six. And um, Growing up, I made my first senior national team at the age of 14. Mm. The youngest to make a senior national team in Trinidad. Yeah, I always love netball and I always think I have to give back to Peggy Castaneda because she really mentored me. She really helped me, picked me from training, dropped me off. I sleep at her house. So I just think I owe that to her. Mm-hmm. Like that's my way of giving back to her. So, yeah.
0: For you, did you ever think that netball would become a life and a career for you when you're 14 living in a dorm and things are happening for you?
1: Never one day. It's weird like looking back at it now. 14 years, living on a dorm with some girls, doing what I want, basically, which mm. was fine because I have no mother to say, oh, don't go there. Stop. Come here. Why are you coming in so late? I just love doing my own thing from since mm. I'm young. <laughs> but it changed my life forever. Like, it, I it, OK, I view things from a different point of view, like mm. make me more accountable and responsible at a young age. All of my mother wasn't for it. Mm. My dad was the one like, yeah, go. Go on experience stuff and ever since from 14 years after finishing high school I get a scholarship to go to America. So I was always on my own up to now. I'm still on my own. Yeah, yeah. And I love it. Did you ever have a a plan B? Like if
0: you weren't going to be a netballer or an athlete, what were you going to be?
1: Good questions. (laughs) (laughs) I had never thought about it but I love kids. So (laughs) anything to do with kids you could make a kid now, pop out a kid and (laughs) I'll see what it... I have no problem. I just adore kids and I'm actually doing studies in that field. Ah, It'll cool. Be yeah. I think that will be my forte. Yeah, Or a police officer.
0: A police officer?
1: Definitely. Very cool. Um,
0: and when were you little,
1: did you dream of that as well? Definitely. Yeah. I because I was always tall. So I just think like, you know. A natural authority in a way. I love that kind of <laughs> idea. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, I love it. Like I don't know. I think I would definitely be. I could see myself opening my own daycare. Yep. Or in the service.
0: If you want some practice, I got two little kids. I'm um, like, just what more, age? You? I'm coming. Twelve months. And a, 12 months. a three and a half year old taking on like she's more like what they call them three nagers, and she's a real three nager. Let me let me tell that. Oh my god, I, love I already kids. embarrassed. her. I can't believe she's like, oh mom, she's three. <laughs> oh my anyway, god. um. You talked about when you made your national debut at 14. You said you were really mature for a 14-year-old. But still, that's really I forgot to put in
1: mature and rude, like attitude to burn. Really?
0: <laughs> What's changed, Sam? <laughs> I
1: have improved here. Like, you can tell me nothing. Like, you tell me, A, I'm going to tell you back. B, same speed. Aww. Big, young, old, I don't care. But you learn. Like, that's what yep. you, you learn. Like, I was so rude. Really? But no one tells me anything because when I step on that court, I could always shoot. Yeah. Give me the ball in my hand, I'm going to shoot. Yeah. But off the court, don't tell me nothing. I'm going to disrespect you. And there's not, nothing to be proud of. But when you look back, I'm like, how did I reach just far? How did you do that? In what way? Give me an example. <laughs> I don't know. For instance, like a coach told me, I'm young, not working, no way, mm-hmm. 14 years. And a coach told me, um, this is really bad, Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> the coach told me, Samantha on Sunday, bring sandwiches to training. Mm-hmm. And I turned and said, Where you won't make any money from? Him? Like, looking back at it now, it sounds so stupid. <laughs> oh my God. I regret it. But you're young and stupid, immaterial. So you, you weren't intimidated
0: at all by being in that right. national setup at such an early age? And the youngest, are you, you are you still
1: hold that record for being the youngest
0: representative and the ceno, for training? And that team?
1: Definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I wasn't scared because, I mean, I had good role models, like, you know, like the Barker and like, um what's her name? Oh, my God. Simone Morgan. Mm-hmm. Like, she used to wash my clothes to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I had people in front of me, like, who I could look up to as well, like Jolisa Cooper and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. I had those guys. I could have role models, like, you know, I could just relax and they'll wash my clothes and they'll do this and they'll do that. So, yeah. Did the attitude change?
0: Like you talk about, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed about what I was like. Yeah. The attitude that I had, was there a, a typical, was there a specific point when that attitude changed? For I think th- it changed
1: 2015. Yep. After I gave my first contract to go to England.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think, and that is pretty late, from 14 to 21. So 2021. So yeah, <laughs> I think I start to view things differently. And something I think I never really liked was feedback. hmm I just couldn't take it. Mm. I don't know why. And um, now, yeah, I'll listen to what somebody have to say before I actually jump from zero to mm. 100 real quick. So at what
0: point um, did you go over to the U.S.?
1: Um, That was in 2013. Oh, my gosh. You're taxing it, my brain here. 20, I spent two years in Arizona Western College playing basketball. Playing basketball? Yeah. Cool.
0: It's what was that story? system like?
1: First we the story leading up to that is crazy. Tell me. Um, a volleyball <laughs> coach came to Trinidad mm-hmm. to scout players. Mm-hmm. Um, For volleyball? Yeah. Yeah. And I happened to be at that training practice as well because I said I play volleyball mm-hmm. as well. And he told me if I run and jump and touch a basketball ring, I'm going to get a basketball scholarship. So I did just that. And I was literally like a monkey hanging on to <gasps> with the like, bow with one hand because I could have jumped <laughs> I was skinny and tall at those times please give me a challenge <laughs> <laughs> and he called the basketball coach and yeah in the and, U.S. And there I and get, then and that's why I get my basketball scholarship wow no one believes me wow that must be I look back and I'm
0: like I wish I like went over to the U.S. <laughs> and, and went to college over there because what was college life like
1: as I said, you by yourself, you have no parents to control. You have to make decisions on your own. Mm. You have boys in and out. Like my dorm was literally, I open my door. A guy door is facing me. I'm like, oh my God, temptations. It's so, <laughs> just so much. You've seen some nice hot footballers. It's crazy basketballers. It was wild, but it was good. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> can't believe i just said that no, but yeah it was wild and it was good it was good yeah. i made some long-term friends i yeah. must say i'm still i still talk to the coaches the basketball coaches and stuff and eventually i get my best friend jamila mccarthy to join me the next year it was so it was pretty special
0: the college system over there for basketball mm-hmm. is is huge. You're yeah. playing in front of big stadiums, like packed courts and mm-hmm. things like that. It, did you ever dream of WNBA? That's like the logical next step from college basketball <laughs> so system.
1: Funny. Yeah, I dream of it, to be honest. Um, that was my aim, actually, my focus. Because I was so good as well, because I received so much awards in mm-hmm. that league as well, like in rebound shooting. Everything I was really eclectic. It's ridiculous, and these are Yay. things I don't focus on. I don't plan. These are not goals. I yeah. just roll with the flow. Yeah, and what happened, happened. Yeah, and is when I finish Arizona Western College and I sign up to go to um, San Angelo State in Texas, mm-hmm. that university. I just paid for everything, dormitory, everything, and I just never showed up. You never, never, you never went. It was hard because being an international. Um, basketball player, student or whatever, you want to say. It was hard because my dad alone was supporting me at the time. Yeah, My mom wasn't and it was so much strain on him because he was building up his house as mm-hmm. well. So I just decided, I'm just going to stop, sign up and just never went back. So the financial strain became too much yeah. on your
0: family and you didn't want to put your father, father
1: so. through that? So I just stopped and then started working in a shoe store back home for like two years. Yeah, 13, 14, like a year, and mm-hmm. then came out here, 2015, days where Coach and Rob saw me, they wanted me to come to the Swift then, and I was like, I'm not ready. Was it, we're going to backtrack, gonna <laughs> that Was
0: that a tough decision, like to give up that W, so WNBI was
1: what you wanted to get yeah, to? I yeah, I think I have the potential, I had the potential yeah, to do it, definitely, and at that time I had a college boyfriend, and he would be like, yeah. I can't wait to see you in the NBA, the WNBA, and I was like, "Boy, shut up!" Like you know, yeah, a plane, But I had the talent; I yeah. was that talented. But it hurts me to this day sometimes. But you know what? One door closed, another one open. Hundred percent. So yeah, when but just thinking of it is like, why did I stop? But I stopped for good reason. It's a really noble reason. Yeah.
0: To for why you did. When it was you hard did stop. because. And it's no easy in retrospect aid. now, looking at you in your Swiss <laughs> shirt with everything you've achieved. It's but yeah, that would have been yeah. sad. So you worked in a shoe store in Trinidad. In Trinidad. Yeah, and a food outfit as well. Straight back into netball?
1: Uh, take a break. I was just playing it here and there. And then yeah, still training and stuff for the World Cup, obviously. Because, mm. I mean, basketball was never my first love. Netball will always be my first Yay. love. Yay. Okay, cool. <laughs> yep. I just played basketball because I just talented, as I said, natural born talent. It's yeah. ridiculous. Until my. Coach for the national team, Peggy Gomez, (laughs) Papi Gomez, he told me one of these days, the Lord will get fed up of you being so lazy and break your foot on your hand. (laughs) Because I'm just this natural player. Like, I don't need to train for anything. I'm just so talented. Yeah. He gets so sick of me. (laughs) I love him still.
0: So the 2015 World Cup, Mm -hmm. and that's the thing about playing for Trinidad and Tobago, it puts you on a platform, doesn't it, to be seen by other leagues in other worlds. So that... You know, Australian scouts don't have to go to a volleyball <laughs> a volleyball <laughs> training session. They can they see you on that that stage. And you yeah. said you you were spotted by Rob from the Swives, the former anything. coach. But you didn't go there. You chose to go to England. Why?
1: I think I was twenty or twenty-one. I think I was twenty-one. Mm. I'm not sure. I just think I wasn't ready. Like, I don't think I was fit enough. I don't think I was ready to be all the way, miles away from my family and friends. Mm. As yet, Bridget Adams, my manager slash coach, she messaged me and said, Mavericks want me, a team in England wants mm. me. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go there first, try and build myself mm. and see if I'm ready to take on this competitiveness out here. It's a total different netball game mm. compared to Trinidad or the Caribbean. So yeah, that's what I did.
0: So you spent a year in England. <laughs> yeah. um, are, you, are you glad that you did take that path? and didn't rush into the Australian system. A hundred percent. What that, did it teach you, professionally and personally?
1: It teached me a lot, especially like, I just was going, I'm a humble person, Sam. So like, <laughs> it's ridiculous how cool and collective I am. Um, <laughs> My house mom in England, Karen, mm-hmm. I kudos to her because she take me in as a complete stranger mm-hmm. in a house. She never heard of, of me, never seen me, and she took me under her wings. And she'll be, it'd be like, three degrees or two degrees, mm. and I have to have on our gloves. And I'm in the backyard on a netball post shooting. Mm. I'm not even joking. And it taught me resilience, mm. like never to give up mm. no matter what. And Yeah, I'm just being persistent. It was a pretty successful year.
0: Oh. You won the league MVP, the Coach's Award, and the Fans Player of the Year. It was pretty successful, wasn't it? Why I actually d-
1: cry like a baby, actually, looking back at that.
0: Why Why does it make you emotional?
1: Because I never, I haven't set goals. And these are things, this is the difference with me. People set goals for these achievements. Mm. And I haven't, I'm not proud of saying it, but I haven't set any kind of goals saying, mm. I want this, I want that. I was more going through the motion. Mm-hmm. And then my songs so were selfish and stupid of me saying it, but mm. it's the truth. And then to receive all these awards was like, you know what? I'm going to Australia.
0: And I yeah. said it
1: in the gala and no one <laughs> believes me. They laugh.
0: So you get to these awards presentation night. I walked and you up go... on stage
1: and I said, guys, thanks for everything. Da, da, da. I'm going to Australia. They laughed. It's like, no. And I was like, okay. And yeah, that's when I take the
0: next step. Why didn't you, after such a successful year mm-hmm. and having that incredible family that you stayed at, why not stay in England longer? No, I think
1: I fulfill my duty there. I think... <laughs> I wanted something more. I think I have yeah. so much more. You were ready like for to learn yeah. different culture, to learn more about myself. And I think I could push myself more than I push myself in England.
0: Mm. So yeah. So you took up you came to
1: Australia. Yes.
0: What did you first notice about life in Australia? What hit you it's the most?
1: Different. <laughs> <laughs> it's miles away, but it's different. Um What struck you the most in those first the, few days? Some um, the training. Yeah. I vomit my first training <laughs> session. That was death. I would not forget that. I was like calling my mom on the phone. I was like, mom, I don't sign up for this. I want to come home. I want to come home. I keep Swiss telling my best. training
0: was that much
1: my more intense in England.
0: Tra-
1: it's yeah. way different. It's more professional out here, I must mm. say. I must say that's the big difference. Even mm. like in England, it's professional, but like just the way the recovery, the ice, like the ice bath, mm. the massage... The team talk, I don't know, it's just different vibes I get.
0: Mm.
1: And up to this day, it's still different. Mm. Like, every year, there's something that's keep adding to the Swift's culture. It's yeah. ridiculous. So you vomited after your first Swift's training session? I laughing at me. Yes. <laughs> I saw Jesus, I swear. I did. That was death. I was like, so hard. I was like, this is the hardest I ever trained in my life. <laughs> I couldn't feel my legs. <gasps> Was you wanted even? a you wanted a challenge. You said when you left England. Sure, right was a challenge. Yeah, it was dead. some. I'm not even joking. <laughs> okay. When did it get easier for you? <laughs> it didn't. So they had training, and it still hasn't got <laughs> easier. It gets harder. So apparently, I'm getting fitter. So it's just good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and what was it like? You lived with your teammates, and you still live with your
1: teammates. Unfortunately, Helen like? helps me. <laughs> 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 no. Nah. live with Helen like. As I said, we are two complete strangers and like two separate, really different kind of people. Mm. But living with Helen, Helen brings this calmness to you. She's not loud. Like she just calm. Like nothing mm-hmm. fazes Helen. But I love, I love them. Like my whole household is international. Then come, came and joined us in 2018 mm-hmm. and the later half. and um, They bring out the best with me. They're like my sisters now. Like they yeah. not even friends. Like they got my back for sure. I know. The whole team got my back. God, they're going to kill me for this. <laughs> but these girls, like, I could go home and relate so much what going on my personal life home because we share the same kind of stuff. We have yeah. no family around us. So all we basically got is each other. Yeah. And we are, inter- well, we are international, so we talk a lot and, you know, try and share our personal lives with each other.
0: Um, Because some people might think, like, it's just like if you work with someone... That, you know, you live with someone that you work with mm-hmm. and essentially it is work. Mm-hmm. Like you guys go through these big, intense moments, these mm-hmm. highs, these lows together on the court, in training sessions. Yeah. And then you come home and they're still there. Sometimes does it get too much or is it a bit, <laughs> like you said, it's a bit more like having a sister there?
1: To me, it's more like having a sister. And like we know when to back off. Mm-hmm to give each other our personal space Mm -hmm. and we know when to like come together Mm -hmm. like I don't think we ever get tired of each other Mm. because we're always in each other's room so I don't think we see each other (laughs) 24-0 on training morning noon night we always (laughs) with each other and I love it though yeah that's cool we never get bored I want to
0: go in a different direction than a linear one because I really want to talk about your dad because I know at this stage of your story. Yeah. He's very significant and you've alluded to him
1: before. Oh, my God. This is getting emotional. Making <laughs> <That'd
0: be sighs> me emotional,
1: Sam. Okay. Oh this God. is a really
0: significant part of that story. But take me back. How <sighs> close
1: were you and your dad growing up? Well, I'm the only girl first weekend, <laughs> so you know I'm a daddy's girl. <laughs> so, like, we yeah, are Buddy and Clyde. Nobody can say nothing bad about my father. So, oh, my gosh. I'm <sighs> getting. Nah, he's everything to me. Like, this man is crazy. He was even shocked when I told him I was going to Australia. He's like, you going to leave me? No. I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, and then he was like, I left my life already. Time for you to live yours. So he's Yay. very supportive. Like, he works taxi, like maxi taxi. Mm-hmm. And he will make time to come and watch me play ball. He's always there. I'm a daddy's girl. Daddy, mm-hmm. want money. How much you want? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think I had to work. Yeah. He always got my back. When you said,
0: I'm going to move, I'm going to cut short my WNBA dream, and move uh, back to Trinidad. What was that? What was his reaction then?
1: I didn't really tell him exactly why <laughs> I didn't pursue the university in Texas. But he was like, he asked questions like, you're not going back? And I was like, no. And I left it as that. Mm. There wasn't no further details because I didn't want to
0: yeah. dive
1: into that. I was like, "Nah, I'm just going to stay home and work or something. It wasn't, he didn't ask why. So I didn't, didn't need to tell him why. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he didn't ask. So it's was like, no.
0: He must have been very proud of his jet-setting. Yeah, i not Athlete. I'm <laughs> Athlete daughter, though.
1: Was, I'm, yeah, he is. Like, this man. Even, like, when I get my trophy, he's like, are you bringing it to my house? Because <laughs> <laughs> my mom and my dad separated. <laughs> so if I carry all my trophy and medals, my mom, he's like, what about my house? But my dad, I don't know what to say about that guy. He's humble until Mm. I get outside from him. Mm. Not to be trusted, though, but he's humble. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about it is like, I have good memories.
0: Really good. Yeah. So you've gone to England. You went to America, then you've gone to England. (laughs) Your daddy's girl um, then went to Australia.
1: Oh, my God, yeah.
0: Can you tell me about that day that you first heard that he'd had a stroke?
1: Oh, it was 2018. Yeah, 2018, he got the first stroke literally after his birthday, March the 11th. Um, my brothers was there, rushed to the hospital. Everything was fine. Like, he recovered, probably, like, not 95%, but probably, I'll say, 75. Mm-hmm. He still was walking with a limp. Mm-hmm. Um, but that man can't stay put. <laughs> because he does everything for himself, he'll wash his clothes. Because mm-hmm. his hand, obviously, his right, mm-hmm. I think his right hand, get a stroke on his right side, yeah. He can't stay put. Daddy relaxed. No. He will clean the fridge. He will want to cook. He wants yeah. to wash waste. He, wants to, he always out and about in the yard, doing something. Mm. He, he just can't stay still. And everything was going good. And then, boom, 2019. around his birthday. Same thing. After his birthday, March 11th, he got a second stroke. And that one was just terrible. Like, he was bedridden my little brother have to stay home. Well, he couldn't go to work. He stay home and see about him. Well, we decided we're not putting him in a home. Mm-hmm. I'm not, especially a homes in Trinidad to treat you poorly. Mm. So I said, if was anything, I will have quit. I want to go back home and see about my father. My little brother said, no, he's going to take care of him. So he stopped work. So basically, I was seeing about my father and my little brother and paying the bills. Mm. With the help of like, my cousin, like I said, Toko is like a family. Mm. So trust me, and I can't thank them enough. Cousins, friends, friends of friends, a neighbor called Anicia, this lady, she just gave up. She have kids, four kids to see about and every morning she make it her duty to go and check my father's pressure, mm-hmm. give him his medication. I never asked her. She never asked me for any money.
0: Mm.
1: And it's just like, wow. He was supportive with love. Like community. literally, I can't complain about that. Yeah, but it was hard seeing him bedridden, and something he always said, "Once a man, twice a child." He always says that, and mm. it used to be frustrated for him, because he can't do what he wants to do. He gets so small. He in pampers, as I said, mm. my little brother. Have to clean mm. him, feed him, because he can't feed himself. Mm. And it for was, you,
0: being in Australia at that time?
1: Oh, oh coaches sometimes asked me, they're like, do you want to go home? I was like, first my initial thought was yes. When mm. I spoke to him, he's like, no. He wouldn't let you? Nope. He said, you got to live your life. Yeah. I think the hardest part for me was before the woke up. Yeah. Before that woke up was the hardest. Because I went back home for like a week and mm-hmm. some days. See him. Was the hardest. To leave him. Seeing him was the hardest. I think I was fine when I was in Australia. I would be to call him. He would talk stupidness. <laughs> he would send a kiss. He would like wave like this. Because he can't use his hands. Mm. But actually seeing bye-bye. And he was like, he do want me to go. That was the hardest. Mm. Fast forward for the, um, for the grand final was good because he actually watched a grand final. Did he? So, yeah. So this I was happy with that. This <laughs> Super
0: Netball. Yeah. 2019 grand final. Swifter in the grand final.
1: September. He watched, oh my gosh. He is watched it. it. <laughs> See? He watched a grand final. And I spoke to him after. He's like, congratulations, everything. I'm proud of you. Um, Did you break down in tears when he said that? No, actually I didn't. I spoke mm. to him before the game. And I think that's the best game I ever had in my life. When I spoke to him, my mind was so free. Mm. Sam was ridiculous. Mm. I wasn't studying him.
0: Mm.
1: If I had any aches on my body, I wasn't studying the aches. I was so happy and comfortable. Mm. Like, I know we had a game plan. I'm going to stick to this game plan afterwards. I'll worry about whatever happened after. I won this win.
0: I was about to say, you're not going back. You had a second (laughs) stroke. You're not going back.
1: No to
0: Trinidad Tobago you're going to you can focus on your netball career because that's what yeah, your agree. dad told you to
1: do I, I agree that spurred you on that that game was literally year. for him I was like no I'm going all or nothing because it's the last game of the year this is grand final I was like mm. shut it last game or nothing I'm going yep. in and I just played with freedom and it shows and then to get MVP on top of it I was like no this is for <laughs> and Wallace. this is not for me but yeah it was a special moment when I, re- when well, not when I received the call though. Mm. I received the call, I was out having dinner. How soon after grand final was it? That was it 29th, 28th? I can't even remember the date because I choose not to remember the date to be honest. Mm, I get <laughs> we all went and got a swift tattoo. I remember yeah. that day. <laughs> <laughs> we all get the bird with our numbers on our foot or some get it on the ribs. And that day, to the tattoo shop, my phone rang. Hello? You okay? You're fine. Let's catch your next troop. I was like, oh my God. So what's going on? He just not responding. The last thing he told my little brother, he wants some water. Mm. My little brother go in the kitchen for it, come back, and he was just not responding. Mm. So he came to the health center, whatever. I said, okay, let's keep me up to date. On all this time, I'm in the tattoo shop. Mm. <laughs> like, I don't want to stress. I don't want to cry. I'm just keeping the faith. That later on that evening, after taking my tattoo, I get a phone call. They're trying to, um, what is is the word? Resuscitate. Yes. But in my eyes, I just believe he's already gone because, you know, the signs, the eyes, Mm. wild, white. I already saw the picture. I was like, yeah, he's gone, but I still keep the faith. But Mm. went to dinner that night and, Get a phone call. My phone keep ringing. I was like, why did Ashley calling me? Hello? You heard about your daddy? I was like, yeah, I know you need to tell. She hung up. I was like, that is weird. Mm. Five minutes again, my phone ring. Mommy don't know what to tell you. My mother does not call me. My brothers didn't call me. Mm. None of my family members call me. This is friends. Mm. Called me and said, I don't know how to tell you, but your father just passed away.'" Mm. I literally started crying Mm. in the restaurant. People think I'm crazy. I just left. Then Nikki Horton started calling me, jumping an Uber. Mm. (laughs) I was like crying, the Uber driver was like, what's wrong? I was like, my father just passed away. And Mm. he's like, oh, sorry. That was devastating. And when I reach home, here's my two internationals downstairs waiting for me. (laughs) Like literally dead they did not leave my side for a moment. Mm-hmm. We all was packing up because I was meant to leave two days to go about the to and I was going to surprise my dad. Mm. I didn't tell him. And we was in the process of packing up all the stuff in the house and we had one mattress left. We all slept on that same mattress in the living room
0: because
1: mm. Nat and Helen refused to leave my site. Oh, that's right. And I was like, guys, I'm okay. She was like, nope. Um, see my Australian mom, Mm. She really take care of me. She left her four kids home by mm-hmm. herself, sorry, to say that. Mm-hmm. And she rushed in my care, make tea, hug me. And I was like, guys, I'm fine. I know I'm not fine. Yeah, but yes. I was expecting it back in a way. Yeah. But it was hard to know his last words was, I want to talk to my daughter. That and Mary's I couldn't talk word. to him. And I just couldn't talk to him. That was the hardest part as well. And it's even hard to even go home and bury your father. Because mm-hmm. no one wants to do it. Mm. My two brothers don't want to do it. My mom don't want to do it. I landed Tuesday. The Friday, I was picking up coffin mm. for my dad. Why didn't they want to do it? I don't know. I had to be the strongest one. Yeah. And I think, and I'm just jumping on here, like, I just think, like, me trying to be the strongest one for all of them. Mm. For the funeral, I haven't even cried much. Mm. I was just had to be strong for my little brother, because mm. up to this day, He's the one hooded. He's a splitting image of my father.
0: Yeah.
1: The blackness, the hairiness, the attitude, everything. <laughs> my father leave himself on this earth, to be honest. And we are super close. It's ridiculous, but I felt it more for him. Because he was doing everything. Mm. So I didn't have time to cry and... Process. Nope, I didn't. It's when I came back here, 2020, and we went into lockdown. Day when the depression starts,
0: yeah, that would have been tough
1: because I couldn't go home because my yeah. borders were shut, yeah, and I was just feeling like I was going crazy. And eventually, I started talking to Helen because Helen had no idea, mm. I would talk to her fine. When I go in my bedroom, I just cried my eyes out, so it was hard. I'm mean, depression is serious, you never know. Did you almost
0: not come back in 2020 for the season?
1: Sure, right? After Sarah? Your dad died? I think that was just the end of me, yeah. like. I know I already signed a contract.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I was like, I just don't think I'm going to leave. But then my little brother, my big brother, I was like, what daddy will want? And I was like, <sighs> I got to do it for him. So here I am back. So there was a sense that you kept yourself
0: busy, keep training and I- everything. And then when COVID hit.
1: Inside is when had that that left to go back to England. She happened to get a flight. By the time I was looking for a flight, my borders had shut completely. Mm. So Helen stayed back with me and we were just in the house. We had a gym set up and then eventually I started talking about it and they started consoling me and stuff. But was hard? I would lock myself in my bedroom and just cry. Did you see someone?
0: Did you have access to see someone or have you seen someone since to talk about it and get that grief
1: counselling? No, I never. Um, I talked to our team psychologist. Mm-hmm. I spoke to her about it. and she was really helpful. Karen was really helpful. But some days I'll be fine, and some days it just hits you like
0: mm.
1: you. Be, I'll be having the happiest day of my life, mm. and then if I see a TV show with somebody's dad pass away, I'm bawling my yeah. eyes out. I'm like, what is this? I'm yeah. so emotional as well. <laughs> it's mm. ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah, it's hard. And you've been through a lot. And as always the people, treat your parents, treat them good. Mm. You never know when they could go. You never know. Did you did
0: you get to say everything you wanted to say to your dad?
1: Yeah. And she was alive to see when I'm ready to get married, whatever that time is, to have kids. One thing he always say, you waiting until I die to bring grandkids. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> he said that. He always says that. I'm like, Daddy, I'm young still. Don't pressure me. I'm not ready for, I love kids. But I'm not ready for kids yet. So he always says that. I was like, oh my gosh. And then I felt some type of way when he passed away. I was like, oh, he's really gone and he has no grandkids from none of his children. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, but yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm actually, now these days, I'm fine with it. I come to terms. I can't question God mm. and he's no more pain and suffering. Like, he's yeah, in a better place. It has hard to accept. That is something no one will accept, but mm. it's hard.
0: Are you a different person now <laughs> after that? After your dad's passing and experiencing that at such a young age? Are you, has I it changed nev- you now?
1: I never dream of losing my parents at such a young age, to be honest, because my dad was only 52,
0: mm.
1: I believe. So, yeah, 52. I never dream of that. So, I'm deciding my dad passed away 20. 19 and then twenty twenty my mom had a mild heart attack and I was like, Are you serious? Mm. Like, I'm not ready for you to go. Wow. And then she laughed. And I was like, I'm not laughing, mommy. Like, yeah. I'm not ready for this. Like, can you take care of yourself? But is she okay? Yeah, she's fine. Yeah. <laughs> she's fine. She's fine, like. And I'm gonna thank her as well, cause even though God. she and my dad separated, mm. she was the first person at the hospital. She's the first person to do this, do yeah. that for him. They had a good bond so Yeah, yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah. But just, I do appreciate that she keep you out of the loop because in the house yeah, close yeah. I am with my dad. Yeah. It's hard. Sam.
0: Your club. <laughs> You've what kind I of say? experienced a lot with this club. Big highs, 2019 <sighs> with that big win. But then, you know, a couple of days after the yeah. loss of your dad. But how you talk about Helen and being so supportive and your housemates. Not letting you sleep alone, do anything, and until you got on that plane. But how much is this club like a family to you here in Australia? Like
1: these girls are my sisters. Mm. Like, it's up not going back. Like, if they get married and I'm in Trinidad, they have to invite me. <laughs> <laughs> not totally I think they will. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what word to describe these girls. Like, they'll go out, out, out of the way to make sure I'm happy they always say Sam I am my your strength your mm. resilience even coach Bronny will say the same thing she's like how you do it I don't know how you da- did it go to training try to forget all your worries at the door mm. and train hard play that ball and have all this on your shoulder And I don't know how I do it to be honest Sam. Mm. I, honestly, I think I'm blessed I don't know what God <laughs> is doing but you keep doing the thing because I have no idea how I get through that period yeah, I mean, with all these guys, I'll be in a hot mess mm. and still be a hot mess. Where
0: do you see your future? Back in <laughs> Trinidad, Tobago or
1: here in Australia? I get these questions a lot until Coach Anita tells me to go for my residency. Yeah. <laughs> um, I honestly don't know. You know, I'm only 27. I'm still a baby. I'm still young. <laughs> oh, I've been playing this game for so long. But I don't know. I'm just going with the
0: breeze, (laughs) I'm just
1: going with the (laughs) flow, but definitely in the future I would like to actually probably open my own daycare or something like that.
0: Yeah, cool.
1: I love kids. Something in that field or work in that field, but I want to work for nobody. So I think I want to open my own business.
0: Yeah. Cool. But
1: you don't know whether that will be in here or there? I don't know if I could see myself living out here. That's
0: okay. That's (laughs) okay. I just don't
1: know. At first I said um, I could, but my father was sick. Mm. And then my father had passed away. Now I f- still feel like I can't. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. that makes sense. I don't know. It does. It's your home. It's where your family is. And regardless of how old my brothers get, I just think I want to be around them. Yeah. And my mom.
0: Yeah. Sad. I get
1: that. Yeah, because I'm always the breadwinner. Basically, I'm always the one given.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'll, I'll go all out for my brothers.
0: Um. Before every game, yeah. you pray and you lead the team in a prayer?
1: I introduced this in 2017. And from 2017 to now, I have to say the prayer every single game. i be like, okay, guys, today we're going to do the Our Father. Nope. We want you to say a special prayer. What do you mean by the special prayer? Ah, cool. And I was like, okay. And one thing you know, like when I said, i the off my head to the sole of my feet. I must say that every time I pray, and I was like, these girls are driving me nuts. But I love them though. And I'm glad to introduce that. That's just the other side to me. Mm. You must pray, you must give thanks. Like, we didn't wake up this morning without the Lord. Like, some people take the last breath last night. Mm. So I just, I'm not a big church person, but I do believe in praying.
0: Before every game, the girls love it, obviously. Yeah, I have
1: to do it every day. Like, after coach talk, hands out oh, the babe, Sam, you up next? I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> but I love it, though. I love it. I love it. That's awesome.
0: Um, Now, I hear you don't think your girls dance that well or we dance that well <laughs> out here in Australia. Is that right? No Can We don't move
1: that well. Correction. <laughs> I said Australian girls dance <laughs> with their hands and the Caribbean, we dance with our waist. <laughs> oh, my God. With your bums. Be- yeah, because yeah. when I go to the club, they're... The dance like this. And I'm like, you got guys, your arms
0: up in the air. Yeah.
1: That's I workout. out, I was like, mm mm. And I just move my waist, like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is a podcast? Sam just do these nice, very cool? You are cool. Very cool hip moves. Just oh my God. Which I will not try because I cannot do because it's you easy. are 100% right.
1: Trust me. It's easy. It's easy. <laughs> don't say you can't. Trust me. No one, even my teammate, Sophie Garvin yeah, twerk. she loves it. Yeah. What, <laughs> and Lauren. you her too. No, she actually could twerk. Like yep. she and Lauren could actually twerk. Like, they twerk. Yeah. Always dancing, doing Sam. like, oh my God. That's awesome.
0: That's awesome. Well, Sam, we finish off every podcast by asking what advice you would give your 10-year-old self. So that a lot's going to happen for a 10-year-old self in the yeah. next few years for a 10-year-old Sam. What would you tell that little Sam?
1: Believe in yourself. There will always be obstacles. It's a matter of how you dealt with it. Don't take no for answer. (laughs) Yeah, this is Sassy Samantha coming (laughs) Sassy Samantha.
0: And yeah, the (laughs) sky's the limit.
1: Definitely. Once you believe in you, nobody else can tell you nothing.
0: I love it. Well, Sam, you're a legend. (laughs) I love that you've come to Australia and you're part of the Sweep's family. Oh my gosh. Um, You've been through a lot. Oh
1: my gosh, a
0: lot. But you bring so much to our game and Australian sport. So thank you so much for sharing your story with On Her Game.
1: Thank you very much for having me. I'm sorry for making you cry. Making me cry. (laughs) But no, it's a pleasure to be here.
0: On Her Game is presented by me, Sam Squires, producer Lindsay Green, audio producer Darcy Thompson executive producer Jennifer Goggin.